This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast at Channel 9's Sydney HQ today. Returning to the Media Week Podcast, Nine Programming Director, Hamish Turner. Welcome back, Hamish. Morning or afternoon, James. How are you? We were booked originally for the morning and we had to shift it to the afternoon. So. I know. I'm a little bit stressed. We just had to cross <laughs> Sydney in uh, some horrendous traffic, but I'm, I think I'm okay. I've got a cool drink. It's a pretty warm day outside. Um, look, we're speaking in the the towards the end of the first week of official survey. And now I, I know everybody starts a lot earlier these days, but there's still something special about that first week, isn't there? Well, there is, but uh, as you've said, we kind of, you know, started with the tennis really, officially. I mean, I was back at work on the 7th of Jan, but, um, you know, for us, it kind of really kicked off with the tennis as uh, that platform rolled out, um, provide us a great promotional platform for the rest of our schedule. And so really it's game on from that point. Um, You know, we had two weeks of uh, Married at First Sight before the official ratings kicked off. But uh, yeah, officially, Sunday it all kicked off and, you know, so far so good. Do we really understand better now how big a programming platform the tennis is when you, you look at what it must have done for uh, My Kitchen Rules? I mean, sure, it was a good show, just as Married at First Sight was also a good show, but that tennis just seems to have elevated it to another level. Yeah, well, look, we always sat there and were very, very envious of, of the tennis and it as a promotional platform. Uh, and it works so well just because of the demographic composition and, and um, you know, and, and that profile that lends itself to kind of our broader entertainment slate. So, um, you know, uh, we're very, very happy that, uh, you know, we chased the tennis, secured it, and uh, it's, it's definitely paid dividends from both a, a performance and, and a platform for the rest of our shows. What can you tell us about Married at First Sight? Because I'm, my idea is to, you know, drag this bit out as long as possible because there must be a lot of people interested in the secret source that you've, you've got for the show. Yeah, look, it obviously is a show that started in a very different place. Um, we had three series that followed the more traditional uh, obdoc uh, format which came out of um, of the Nordics I think it may have been, it was it's from Red Arrow uh, where we took four couples um, over six to eight episodes married them uh, sent them on honeymoons and then uh, you know we worked out whether they wanted to stay together or not um, you know we had a, a real issue at the beginning of our year uh, three years ago with um, a period where MKR was 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 such a strong uh, was providing such strong competition for eyeballs, uh, and then anything we threw at it, it just wasn't sticking. And so, um, you know, we looked we looked around and kind of thought that relationships hadn't been uh, scoped out at the beginning there that that wasn't sitting there. So looked in the shelves, couldn't really see much. And Michael Healy, uh, director of television, said, "Well, look, we've got married at first sight. There is there something we can do with that." Uh, and we took that show, it was originally produced internally, we took that to Endemol Shine to develop up and see what we could do, um, stripping it out, increasing the episode number uh, and turning it into more your traditional strip show. Um, and that included in, that included dinner parties, commitment ceremonies and has uh, created the beast that it is today. So it's been a three-year journey with that show um, that's kicked off the year and 
you know, I think we, we saw it take a big jump last year and it's kind of continued on its way this year. Uh, very noisy, has really captured the, the national conversation um, and, and has c- continued on a growth trajectory. And, um, you know, it, it, it's now taken over Kitchen Rules as the number one show total people. I know it did it last year, but has done it a much earlier this year. And obviously um, from a demographic um, breakdown, just absolutely um, uh, thumping the competition. And some amazing uh, streaming numbers on Nine now. Yeah, look, that's that's the kind of hidden gem in the crown. It's uh, the cross-platform um, impressions. Uh, you know, we know it's very noisy on social. We know that you know people are consuming it on YouTube. Uh, everybody's talking about it through breakfast radio in the in the presses. Daily Mail has uh, twenty uh, new articles a day. Probably a third of them uh, have some form of truth to them. Um, but yeah, just kind of. Um, it, it, it just shows you that it really has captured the, the attention of everyone and you know from our own and operated platforms on nine now i think the eighth episode which only went to air um last wednesday so a week ago has already done three hundred eighty thousand uh as an average number so that episode you know it did one two nine eight three eighty thousand vpn and then another 140 dvr catch up so it's sitting around the one one eight five mark which um is huge yeah, of course, the regional will be pushing that well over the $2 million That's you, right, and then you include the regional related. numbers and you're off to the races. Who's your executive who looks after the production of, um, of MAF? So the EP is John Walsh. Uh, Adrian Swift is a, is a director of uh, uh, production, so they're the two you know, responsible to um, work with Endemol Shine to deliver that show. Yeah, I mean, these, these days people have to multitask across a lot of projects, and I think both John and... Um, and and um, Adrian Adrian do a lot of that stuff, don't they? Yeah, look, they, you know, Adrian probably spends majority of his day in uh, in screenings at the moment. Um, but you know, that kind of talks to the real shift for us um, into more local. Uh, obviously, local delivers better integratable opportunities. Um, and you know, if, you, if we, I've talked about it a few times, you look back ten years ago, a lot of the schedules are dominated by US drama. Um, there's been a real shift, and you know, um, local productions. Are, are definitely, uh, you know, where we're at at this point in time. Tell me about, as, as the programming director, I mean, it's it's a given that if the show comes back, there's no questions about time slot or anything, but what's your sort of involvement when the first cuts come through? Do you get in at that stage and, and look at it with the other guys or, or do you just sort of leave it to them and you just worry about building your schedule around a show like that it's it's really different per show if it's a, if it's a new season like a logo masters i'll make sure okay. i'm at that kind of first cut um uh whereas with maths you know we're into kind of our, our third season so it's it's, it's an interesting one because sometimes you want to stay with the audience you want to experience as the audience are experiencing so you're not getting ahead of the storylines um but it is different per show this year i'm trying to stay with the audience um because i think sometimes with the noise that the show is creating you can sometimes get a little bit carried away with where the show ends up going and you just want to make sure that you're in that moment with the audience for instance the first two weeks you know they're getting married uh, they're going on their honeymoons you want to make sure that you're not kind of not jumping the gun in terms of where that narrative is uh, and where the audience is currently how the audience is currently engaging with it yeah when you've got a big show like that there's obviously a it's great for lead-ins can there sometimes be um, a turn on prior to the show if people say look I'm, I've got this tonight I'm just going to leave the set on nine 
Yeah, I think I think was that less and less. Well, I happens? think people who are, are wanting to come in uh, and watch Marat at first sight, you know, they, they may come in ten minutes earlier and, and switch on, and sometimes you'll see, you know, a little bit of an uptick. Um, and probably where the real benefit comes is that vertical flow of audience off the back of it. So, you know, we've had some really strong success with shows like Travel Guides. It provides a little bit of light entertainment off the back of you know Marriott at first sight, and and delivers such re- such good demographic. Um, um, conversion as well, so it's show by show. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think absolutely it, it feeds the rest of the schedule. There's no doubt about it because a it provides more promotional opportunities for the rest of your schedule, um, and you know perhaps earlier tune in into you know something like an ACA. Having said that, I, I'm not sure that you're going to convert a huge amount in that earlier in that earlier time slot. Mm. And I guess the summer's always a little bit tougher for maybe ACA. It's still a lot of daylight, it's still hot. Well, Not everybody turns their sets on as early. Yeah, I mean, this year, obviously, it came off for two weeks with um, the Australian Open and, and it's, it's faced it's first different. time for a long time, if, if ever. Uh, oh. There was a period when they were looking at cost-cutting probably 10 years ago where okay. it came off and that was a disaster. <laughs> they took it off and I don't think it recovered for about three years because uh, wow. the audience went across to today, tonight at that time and uh, it took a long time to get them back. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's... Um, you know, and this year it's obviously faced... Uh, uh, MKR at seven o'clock, so they've they've been uh, seven made the strategic move with with the pressure of cricket, but also I think trying to get in before married uh, to move it into that seven o'clock slot. Um, and so ACA has definitely faced a lot stiffer competition uh, off the top of this year. Next uh, sorry, next week is going to be interesting with uh, home and away returning to the schedule to see where ACA kind of um, where it sits. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now um, the. One of the biggest beneficiaries so far this year has been probably 60 Minutes on Sunday night. That's had a couple of monster audiences, but I think it's only been back two weeks. Yeah, it, it, it has done a fantastic job. The team has done a great job in in securing some some really strong A stories. Kirsty Thompson, who's the EP, uh, does a great job down there. And you know, I think this year it's really kind of found um, found its feet in terms of that storytelling. Um, and the, the the first two weeks of numbers were were uh, amazing, and the conversion from maths were gr- was great as well. It's all about retention of audience and it by far has retained the most audience out of its lead-in of our eight thirty nine o'clock slate sure okay um so what, what what do you do i can't remember what you're doing on mondays after maths at the moment so that'll so be that's... uh bad mothers from this monday oh, that's right. we well, have had murder lies yeah, yeah. and alibis which okay. was uh, mark llewellyn's uh, crime that's right and it was just two of them to start with wasn't there two to start with we've got more coming but mm-hmm. we'll kind of use those strategically around the schedule and throughout the year um because you can watch them as kind of self-contained episodes. Uh, but Bad Mothers kicks off this Monday. Uh, I think it's had a really strong promotional platform. I think there's um, a real appetite for, for it, especially amongst, you know, that kind of 2554 female audience. Um, so I expect it to do a really strong number on Monday. Uh, you know, um, I think uh, I think this first episode is a really strong episode. Fantastic writing, uh, fantastic performances. So I think everything is in store for for a really good showing there, and it'd be great to see us get a Australian drama uh, up and running. Sure. 
you know, travel guides on um, Tuesday. You've already referenced that. Yeah, it launched to its biggest numbers ever. Uh, Obviously, in the third season, um, fantastic demographic show as well. I think it nearly did 400,000, 2054s. But, you know, the cast has really found its form. We obviously um, move around the cast, switch some in and out. But, um, you know, there's the consistent players as well with the friends and the stack and mel, the, the, the twins. But we've added some new cast members this year just to kind of uh, freshen up. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great lean back, um, light end show. And, you know, it's, it's part of the nine family. And uh, I'd say it'll come back again for a fourth season. Uh, one of your few US dramas on your schedule is New Amsterdam, which I think you was available on Nine Now over the summer. Is that uh, right? no? Well, that was going to be the idea. Manifest. Yeah. Uh, well, it was promised it was coming in summer, so February was still summer technically. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've run four episodes of New Amsterdam. It yeah. launched well. We've had great catch-up numbers. It's doing well on Nine Now, and it's doing the job uh, on that Wednesday at the moment. Um, you know, we also have Talking Married against it, so you're kind of splitting the audience a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm happy with the results for for New Amsterdam so far. I think was it just the first week or the first two weeks? Um, Talking Married was repeated on Nine, but that's not happening now. Is that right? Just yeah, just we on... just we, we just thought we'd uh, try and expose it to as many people as possible, um, and that was kind of for the first two weeks. We were playing at ten thirty uh, or 10, eleven o'clock on Nine, uh, but yeah, that was just for those first two yeah, weeks. Yeah, but it's doing great numbers for for um, Nine Life, right? Yeah, it does great numbers for Nine Life. It's um, a co-pro with Nine Honey, which is our female digital network, and also provides some great cross-platform opportunities for for it. Yeah. And Thursdays you seem to be just sort of just getting by because the NRL is not far away, is that right? So there's no point starting anything big to, until that yeah, starts. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll, we're we running Young Sheldon in first run, uh, some premier movies, uh, Australian crime stories will come into that slot for a couple of weeks, which is um, which is a local production, third series of that. Uh, and, um, yeah, and then it's, it's, it's kind of a, a runway into the NRL, which obviously comes in uh, March. <clears throat> yeah, of course, that's for um, NRL states. That's massive on Thursday. Day, Friday nights. Um, any strategies you're doing for Saturdays or will you just stick with movies? Uh, so we do have Attenborough. So we have kicked off okay. uh, last year with Attenborough uh, Planet Earth 2. This year we're going with uh, Dynasties. Uh, so that's from this Saturday. Uh, it is a bit of a different approach, but, you know, I think Attenborough, Attenborough you couldn't get more blue chip than him. Um, it did a really good job for us uh, last year on the Saturday. So, yeah, we're going with that strategy again of, um, of David Attenborough on the Saturday into movies. Yeah. And that, that sort of schedule we've run through, that pretty much takes you through to Easter doesn't it, I think? Isn't yeah, it? so once we get Bad Mothers up and running on Monday, that pretty much sees us play through to, to Easter. So, um, and then it's kind of uh, reset and off you go again. Yeah, because Easter's relatively late this year, I think it's... Yeah, it's a 10, I think it's a 10-week run in survey or, yeah, so we've got we've got a bigger run than last year mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, look, we've, we've kind of planned out through, through to that period uh, and then obviously have things like The Voice and Lego Masters kicking off uh, in what is traditionally Q2. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's just run through a few of those th- things. The um, the voice, 
Any cha- any changes to the coaching? Um... Yes. So this year we welcome Guy Sebastian to the uh, to to the show. Uh, we've filmed the um, the first stage, the blinds, uh, and look, he, he's amazing. He, it's it's great. He's amazing. He brings um, a real unique voice and a freshness to to that to that to the four, uh, our coaches. Um, and I think he actually really changes the dynamic of that cast and the relationship and the chemistry and actually d- delivers, makes them deliver a different performance. Uh, and so it feels quite fresh from what we've seen. Um, you know, it's kind of the Aussies versus the internationals. Uh, there's some real twists this year. We've got an all-star cast component. So you bring back some of the favourites of, of the past who uh, perhaps didn't quite make it um, much past the lives. Um, and, um, you know, I think it's a really good twist for what is the eighth season of The Voice. Yeah. the One of the uh, big announcements at your upfront last October was um, Sea Change. And, of course, I was speaking to Deb Cox and um, Fiona Egger this week about they've got a um, Miss Fisher's Modern Murder Mysteries coming up on Seven starting next week. But then they've got a... I think that's all been... filled. There's just four of those. Then their other big thing is um, Sea Change. And there was... There was some... I know you weren't certain, I think, when you made the announcement if you'd have sea change for this year or you'd do it in early 2020. Are we, yeah. Where are we at with that? The, the, the announcement in October uh, was uh, an early announcement um, and, and so we had to kind of get scripts and cast locked in. I think at this stage it looks like we will run it this year. Mm-hmm. I think that um, the way the show is progressing in terms of, of both those components, we should be getting it up this year. So the ambition is for a 2019 um, launch. Okay, okay. Um, Lego Masters is another big one. Of course, Hamish Blake, um, lots of interest in that. Great family viewing, I would imagine. Um, It is, and, you know, it kind of flips the reality genre on its head just in terms of the tone and treatment of that show. And part of that, you know, uh, is because of Hamish's performance and and what he brings to the show. Obviously, his humour, his wit, um, you know, he's self-deprecating and and all those elements play out as part of the IP. Um, You know, it's an Endemol Shine show. They've done a great job in terms of scaling that show up. The UK version is is quite a small show uh, in, in terms of its ambition, where as you know, what what the guys have delivered um, really feels like a Channel Nine family show, and um, I think I think it feels like it will do to to Lego what kind of um, MasterChef did with food. It, it does feel like it's it, it's fresh, it's familiar, but but um, you know, there's some real twists there and real fun. It's it, 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 it's hard to explain without having. Uh, yeah, we've seen the first episode and it really okay. delivers. Uh, can we say Q2 or 3 for that one? Yeah, I think the plan is Q2. Yep, yep. okay, okay. Um, and, of course, off the back of that, Hamish and Andy's perfect holiday. Uh, yes. The um, dynamic duo back together again. Yeah, they're, they're, um, they're off on another trip and uh, where they're going, we're not sure, <laughs> um, but uh, they'll be off uh, pretty soon uh, and uh, we'll see that back end of, of 2019. But I think, you know, we, we know what to expect from those guys. Um, so looking forward to seeing what they deliver. Sure. Um, your... Well, it used to be your biggest show, but I guess Married at First Sight is um, giving a run for its money now. The Block, um, a real, 
I guess that kicks in towards the end of Q3 and runs through to nearly the end of the year. Yeah, so we'll we'll have in that kind of middle section The Voice, Lego Masters, Ninja Warrior, uh, and then that pushes through into the block. Obviously, Seven usually have house rules off the back of MKR, so you obviously don't want to have uh, the block against house rules, so it plays out that it falls in, in Q3. That begins filming next week mm-hmm. uh, in Melbourne. Uh, it's uh, back in St Kilda. It's out uh, the road a couple hundred metres, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the the Os- did, did you spend any time at the Oslo Hotel? I did, yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, a very old building built in the 1960s, kind of off the back of uh, the gold rush. So um, it brings a whole new dynamic and character to the show. As you know, each year the building is very much part of that. Um, there are five individual houses behind the Oslo Hotel, so we're kind of moving back into those self-contained spaces. Uh, and the cast is fantastic. I mean, uh, probably at the, from the outset, it's one of my favourite casts so far All for right. the block. Okay, okay. Then again, I guess there's so much of that show, isn't there? For you to do your job, you can't watch it all, can you? You, you just, but you have to keep up, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the job for us starts at you know when the reports come in in the morning. Uh, I think wake up six a.m. You start reading what, what what's happening in the UK, US, and uh, the numbers come through at eight fifty eight, uh, and then you know you get the breakdown of the VOD numbers, um, and then you know that kind of uh, you get into the day and you could be pulled left, right, and center, and you know you go home and you watch TV. So uh, it doesn't really stop. Um, um, and uh, there's a lot to consume. So uh, you try and consume as much as you can. Um, but as I said before, depending on the cycle of the shows, you know, you, you, you might be watching with the audience, you're watching ahead of the audience, um, or a mixture of both. You mentioned um, Ninja Warrior in passing there. What happened to it last year? Um, I think it, it surprised us all in season one in terms of the, the the size of the number and perhaps the drop also surprised us. Um, but I think perhaps, um, you know, there was there's multiple reasons, I think, some of many parts. I think one was not crowning a winner. winner. I, I think it was something that, you know, perhaps the Australian audience weren't used to um, and perhaps left the first season feeling a little bit deflated and not not feeling like we delivered them a result. So we've definitely taken that on board in terms of the third season. There's lots of new elements in the show. We've we've really mixed up uh, the ninjas who are coming back with the new ones. Um, there's uh, there's some really we've completely changed the course. So we've really freshened the show up. Uh, and I think in terms of production te- techniques, as well, it feel like a, a, a different show. So you know you always have to iterate season on the season. Perhaps we didn't iterate enough between season one and two just you know we saw the success and thought perhaps didn't need changing um there's been a different approach for to going into season three it's shifted down to melbourne as well as you know so um yeah there's lots of different elements but i think i'm confident that it'll it'll come back and do a good job did the post-mortems after that include looking at the scheduling because i think you ran sunday monday tuesday for three weeks didn't you yeah, season one was nine episodes. Season yep. two was, I think, 12, uh, 11 or 12. Um, uh, yeah, we, we wanted to create an event out of Ninja um, and, you know, th- th- it delivered for us season one. Season two was down, but it still was t- one of the top five entertainment shows. So, I mean, you can't, um, you can't dismiss that. Uh, and, you know, I think there's, there's, there's changes that have been made that, that deliver an infinitely better show for season three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Love Island. I think last year it came off the back of Married at the end of Married. Is that right? Uh, yeah, look, there was a bit of a break. I think we had uh, married, then uh, ten had Bachelor in Paradise, uh, okay. and then we kind of we kind of kicked off on go um, back end of May. Uh, so it ran kind of through winter. Mm-hmm. This year uh, it, it won't sit there. We've got the Ashes on, so we will have Ashes on Gem. It doesn't really make sense to have Ashes versus Love Island versus, you know. So um, we're going to um, run it a little bit later this year. Yeah, but it will be on nine, though, too, this That's year. That's correct, it? yeah. It'll be on yep. nine this year. We just felt that uh, the exposure that w- we're able to get to on Go um, wasn't kind of going to get us the level we wanted to from a live perspective. And I think broad- it, putting on nine really gives it the opportunity to broaden out its audience. I think even between... You know, the credits closing on the last episode last year to now, the brand is actually quite far-reaching and um, there's more people talking about it, more people are aware of it and it, I think it'll show that same growth trajectory that we saw in both uh, the UK and Germany year on year. It's just one of those shows that continues to grow, people continue to talk about um, and perhaps a show that is kind of a little bit misunderstood on the approach. Um, I think, um, you know, when you when you view it and consume it, you know, uh, it, it's perhaps not as salacious as, as people first think. Yeah. Um at your upfront last year, I think you re- you said you were going to recommission Family Food Fight. That was actually before the second season screened. Yeah, didn't do spectacular business. Is that still the plan? To look, that one's still um, we're still that- looking at it. Uh, I think it, it, it's fair to say it won't come back this year. But as a brand, it was a brand that you know we're proud of. Um, we think there, there's definitely something still in that in that family food space. It's a show that actually has travelled really well uh, in terms of uh, international formats, um, and so it's one that we continue to look at uh, and are working on developing uh, perhaps a, a, a variation to the, to the show that we all saw. And um, talking about your generation is one that um, uh, I don't know. It gets it gets a good demo for you, I guess. But um, where where are you at with that one? Yeah, look, it's coming back. Uh, it will start filming in about a month's time. Um, you know, we were happy with uh, season one results. I think um, you know there's, there can be some change. I think we're going to tighten it up a little bit moving into season two. Uh, but it's a fun family show. It, it delivered it, it did its job last year, and um, you know I think it will only be better for getting that first season under its belt. A show that's created. A bit of interest in the media, and I guess if everybody who writes about it actually watched it, you'd probably get pretty good ratings this time next year. Yeah. Um, I guess because of the Carl Stefanovic connection. Um, Now, that'll be Q2, I think, is that right? No, it'll be uh, end of the year. Okay, end of the year. So we we go into the second slate of filming soon. Okay. Um, This first season did amazing numbers. As you know, it sat uh, at uh, 8.30... Uh, on the back of the block um, and I think the first episode launched around one threes. Um, it season, did fall away a bit though. The se- yeah, this, it was still kind of eights and seven. So this is only the second season? This is only yeah. the second okay. season. It right. takes a long time to <laughs> film two <laughs> over a year. It does. Um, but yeah, look, I think that show, yeah, we're really proud of the first season. I think the feedback was really strong for it. It, it delivered a huge commercial share at 8.30. Um, and, you know, it will be Carl's return to the network, I would say, uh, this year. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, 
a few things that maybe don't get the sort of headlines they probably deserve. Paramedics did some really good numbers for you on on Thursday nights, didn't it? Yeah, Thursday 8.30, uh, Q4 last year, I think it averaged in the vicinity of 700,000, which um, obviously for an op doc on a Thursday night is a, is a really strong Thursday result. can be a tough night, can't it? It can be. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, it was a great show. WTFN produced out of uh, Melbourne. Um, it, it is returning. It's been commissioned for a second season. Um, and, yeah, we thought that was really strong. It With Ambulance, both kind of um, delivered results for, for 10 and, and 9 last year. Um, and uh, we're really proud of that show it um it was kind of like the little show that could and and did yeah and something that comes from screen time which just keeps on plugging away rbt it just uh <laughs> just keeps ticking over for you doesn't yeah it? it's the evergreen and <laughs> and um kind of switch player it can play anywhere and and does a job for us and you know we've seen it all over the schedule and repeats really well as well which from a from a programming perspective is is such a handy thing to have um uh, there's something quite voyeuristic about that show, and you know, uh, visceral in terms of watching the uh, the um, the thing tick over and work out if they've uh, drunk too much or not. Mm. Simple but uh, effective, and you know, it, 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 at the end of the day, it's great characters, um, ordinary people doing you know perhaps stupid things, but it, it kind of triggers something in every one of us. Yeah, and it does get you in, doesn't it? I often flick it because I like to keep an eye on what's doing and you, before you know it, you've been watching 20 minutes or something. You, you're sucked it, in trying to work yeah. out if uh, he's, he's, he's going to blow over or not. <laughs> um, there's a bit of a crime wave on TV at the moment. I was lucky enough I stopped by the um, full box office, um, off, off box office earlier this week and spoke to Jerry and Brian about their uh, new season of um, Australian crime stories. That's right. Um, sounds pretty interesting. You've got Adam Shan working on it as well. And again, this has done good numbers for you on late night Sundays, I think, hasn't it? Yeah, look, it was a show that had run on Foxtel actually under a, a different name um, and uh, Tough Nuts. Tough Nuts and yeah. um, it was a show that, you know, we liked the content and we kind of did, we reversioned it for nine, season one and two and um, thought, you know, Let's let's commission a third specifically for nine, and um, yeah, some of the some really interesting stories. Uh, Kerry Packer's gold is one of them, um, and I think they're doing Mr. Cruel, which is a story that I grew up in Melbourne and was always. I think I was scared scared shitless by it to be honest, but um, it, it kind of caught everyone's attention kind of in the nineties. Uh, and uh, I was growing up, you know, in the 90s and at school and I've always kind of wondered, you know, where did that story go? And and so I think they're going to reinvestigate it and I think actually we'll really talk to a Melbourne audience but um, is a story that I'm excited to see them bring to life. Yeah, and that Kerry Packer's gold too sounds like a cracker, you know. Yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing yarn. So. Yeah, it's a great yarn and yeah. a yarn that perhaps hasn't hasn't broadly been told before. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think that's probably the guts of it, isn't there? Are there any sort of things that have... I've overlooked that maybe developed since your um, upfront announcement. Then, oh, look, know? there's always stuff that, that is being developed, um, and you know the, the 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 year is quite fluid, so things change. No, you know, new numbers come in, and then you kind of have to shift shift your direction. Uh, appetites change. People uh, consume different different content in different ways. Um, but for us, you know. It, it's all about consistency. I mean, the big ones for us this year as well from a sports perspective is the One Day International and Ashes, which I mentioned before will hit kind of mid-year. Um, they work They'll run on a multi? It'll run on gem, yeah. the Ashes, as will the One Days. Um, 
if if the last ashes are anything to go by, it, it just gives you a real boost in terms of network share um, from seven thirty, and you know it's, it's quite fortuitous in terms of uh, those games and the time that they come in. Um, but uh, you know, it'd be good to have the cricket back on nine again. Sure, that um, primary share versus that combined network share. I mean, it's obviously nice to win the primary, but they seem to both have a place now in this sort of analysis of them. Yeah, look, for us, our focus is very much on primary. Uh, it's the it's the audience you can commercialise the best. As I mentioned before, there's those great integratable opportunities that exist with those big platform shows. So the focus has to be on delivering an audience into your primary channel. Um, but you know, you also need to be provided a demographic rich multi uh, ecosystem and so for us you know we have very specific demo targets that we're, we're going after on the multi channels goes 1639s uh, life is female 18 to 54s and gem is kind of an older audience so it's kind of getting the balance right making sure you're not cannibalizing each other uh, and making sure that they actually stand for something um, and I think in a world of fragmentation if you don't stand for something you're not standing for anything so you know that, that that's the aim with those and you know also the the distribution of our content so you know who the people consuming on on linear who the people consuming dvr who the people consuming on nine now how do those audiences differ how do those consumption patterns differ and getting an understanding about that and and what that means for the content Mm. but at the end of the day it's it always comes back to making great content uh engaging you know the audience and understanding who your audience is and who your brand is and and um making sure that you've got that consistency of voice across the year and I think that's, you know, what the, the ambition for 19 was to ensure that we had a consistent slate across the year, a consistent tone and consistent treatment. And, and uh, when people are tuning into nine, you know what you're going to get. Just a couple of quick things before we finish. I've got to ask you about um, breakfast television. Now, does that, that sits, I know, under, the, I think, the, the news that's department. Right. But do, Wiki's domain. Yeah, but do you get involved much there? Do you you ask for your feedback, or uh, do you say, it, "Look, Darren Wick, that's I've got to worry about prime time," and and you you, you look after early morning. No, look, we 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 are very collaborative at nine. You know, so everyone's helping each other out. Um, you know, anecdotally, we we talk to each other, we talk to each other in the hallway, we kind of you know are all engaged in each other's shows and their programs. Um, but you know that. And, and look, they cross over because we cross-promote, obviously, our entertainment slate within the morning show. And it's such an important thing for the Nine brand because it's the place that, you know, our audience, it, they wake up with and they kick off their day with. So, um, you know, one big family all, all kind of collaborating and looking after each other and, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, we're putting our best foot forward. And finally, maybe just that, that sweet, you know, you've got... Three, four multi-channels. I'm losing count. Uh, so we've got your money as well. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, so yeah. for us, I think you, you, there's three plus your money. Plus your money, yeah. Um, which I think is officially a data cast channel. Right, okay. Uh, but I would say we have three. Yep. Is there Have there been any gems there that have really popped in this last six, 12 months that you've thought about, gee, I wonder how that would go on the primary channel? Well, Love Island's an interesting one. You know, it, it, it started uh, its its life on Nine Now. So season two, I think Channel 10, in fact, had season one of the UK version. Uh, we picked up from season two, saw it, had, it did some really strong numbers on VOD. Uh, season three did bigger numbers on VOD and off the back of that, you know, we, we kind of said, well, let's let's have a crack with a, a local version. Um, so, you know, it started as a digital proposition, moved on to, to linear. 
moved on sorry moved on to digital linear and has now progressed to uh, primary linear so it's kind of like one of those amateur football teams who starts their their life in D grade and you know ends up in A grade you know, it, it's um, yeah. So learnings that you know we've taken along the way in terms of other shows. You know, there's, I think there's shows that you see um, that spike. Sometimes there's a learning to be made. Sometimes there's not. <laughs> One of those, as an example, is Naked Attraction. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the show, but um, yeah, it's a show that <laughs> that has a very specific audience on life. Um, does some really good numbers there, and also is a is a great a, a great um, show for us on Nine Now. This might sound like an awkward question. I'm re- hesitant to ask it, but those shoot, those, <laughs> you can always edit it out later. Those naked shows, because they're the part of the screen is um, what do you call it? Um, Frosted. They're not completely naked, are they? Are there edits of some of those shows where territories can show them actually naked? Well, any uh, of them? Not or? that I spend a huge amount of time. <laughs> um, <laughs> Watching them, but uh, I, I have um, come across certain uh, international versions on SBS where you know you, it, there's it, nothing left. There's, the there's nothing left to the imagination. Yeah, the imagination. Okay. Um, I think the Scandies are quite deft at doing that. Um, but yeah, Naked Attraction, it is it is full frontal nudity. So that's nine life. Uh, yeah, nine life and nine now, and it's yeah. um, it's uh, it it approaches it in a very kind of pragmatic way mm. so there's nothing too kind of titillating as such okay do you you don't commission for your multis do you Apart no from something like talking married i guess but uh r- rarely do we commit i mean last year we did with love island i think you know the aim now is again just to focus on the primary channel because that's where we get the best returns um uh yeah, I think if there's cost-effective commissions for the multis, then absolutely we look there. And, you know, I guess that talks to the heart of, of that strategy. It comes down to cost versus return. Sure. Um, and if there's an opportunity there that presents itself for multi, then we'll look at it. And one quick little thing I just thought of. with Now that um, Nine Entertainment Co. owns 100% of Stan, yeah. could there be anything, you know, that, that you'd look at? So I, I guess the operation doesn't... Does it make a lot of difference? Because I guess... Oh, look, it's, it comes down to utility of rights. So there may be opportunities in the future whereby, you know, you're, you're working with a distributor to pick up rights mm. and those rights mean you pick up all rights and then you window out in and out of SVOD, BVOD and linear. So there are opportunities, there okay. are synergies there. Um, I think to date, a lot of the content that Stan picks up probably isn't the content that we'd be looking at, but... We, we keep, keep a very close eye on, obviously, what they do because we've got a BVOD service. I don't think we'd want to be going out and buying content that's going to be cannibalising their model. Sure. Um, but, you know, Stan's flying at the moment. I know um, the Disney deal uh, has uh, delivered some fantastic returns for them as well as, uh, you know, their local uh, commissions. Uh, the Bloom, as an example, did a great job for them. So, yeah, they're, they're, um, they're, they're, they're charging ahead. Yeah, and it's going to be a pretty competitive space, uh, the OTT space in the next three years, because a lot of the international, um, the international distributors and production companies are kind of obviously looking to come out and, and do something here. So it's going to be interesting, yeah. interesting to watch. Yeah, it will be absolutely. Look, uh, nine's come out of the blocks um, uh, like a speeding train. So um, 
Fantastic work there, mate. <laughs> if, I, if I can, uh, for as much as credit you want to claim for that, but let's uh, hope you can keep it up. Yeah, look, you know, everyone at Nine's done a fantastic job. Um, as I mentioned before, it's a really collaborative effort here. Um, you know, uh, Tom Malone with the tennis, Michael Healy obviously looks after um, TV in, from a broader perspective. Um, but, you know, it's a team game. It, it takes uh, many hands to build a village. And, you know, uh, I'm happy to be kind of a small part of that. So, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so far so good, but you know it's a long year and um, <laughs> a lot more sleepless nights, that's for sure. Yeah, we're still in the first week of survey, so yeah, there's a bit to go. Uh, Hamish, always great talking to you. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Cheers, James.